So this cat not only chews, you know, paper and weird stuff, also apparently she chews on laptop screens. And that's the story of why I had to go to the office on Monday and get it. Luckily, work didn't ask too many questions. I, I explained what happened, and the IT guy was just like, okay, come get your replacement on Monday. <laughs> like, wow. Thank you. No follow-up questions? <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, it's your first one, so. Actually, no, but we won't get into that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Fuck. First one I dumped a coffee on. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll do it. Completely my fault. I'll take the L on that one. But <laughs> Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real. Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. And with that being said, welcome into the latest episode of the 2M Football Show. <laughs> Mike and Matt back at it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess first of all, sorry we missed you last week. I, I don't know if this happened to you, but the post-Thanksgiving sickness got all of us me and the family that's what happens when you see family we hadn't seen in three years and went to whatever three different gatherings for thanksgiving and we paid the price um that's a lot of stuff to happen yeah it was a fair price to pay though i would say for a day full of that delicious food and i actually did get to watch a fair amount of football more than more than last year i think so that was nice uh, so we couldn't get that third week in a row of recording, but here we are. We're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back, and apparently bigger than ever. Did you, I mean, I was going to ask if you heard about this. Obviously, you did, because I texted you about it, but we're famous now. <laughs> yeah, damn thieving people at Bleacher Report. Our contender or pretender segment that we've been doing for three years now. <laughs> they uh, they stole it. I I had, like, a weird moment when i saw the notification on my phone it's like contender or pretender and i was like wait <laughs> that sounds familiar <laughs> you know what i just might know that thing <laughs> but have no fear matt and listeners the the, the lawyers are on it <laughs> you gotta be careful next you know what they're coming for next the mike's watchability index oh, that no not the mike's watchability index <laughs> Either that or the fantasy corner. I don't know which we should trademark first. I feel like fantasy corner has. I think so too. I think so too. I appreciate your watchability index, but we can always figure out a different indexing. Okay. Fair enough. I'll alert. I'll get the lawyers on it. Um, I do want to take just a brief minute here and send a thank you to all of our listeners. So I started to dive into the history of our podcast and came across a very interesting thing. We are in the top 50% of podcasts that are listened to. And uh, that's not our doing. That's you guys that are doing that. And uh, it's it's appreciative. It's, it's 
I don't even know what to say about that. That's incredible. Yeah, I was I was pretty uh, I wasn't 100 percent sure how to feel about that because there's probably a lot of podcasts out there, but um, it was definitely a nice little pat on the back. So yeah, appreciate the support. Even better, we are only about 40-ish downloads. So if all you people were to tell one other person that were to tune in, we would be in the top 25%. So that's kind of our next goal. All right, let's get on it. Let's do it. We need your help, guys. Rally the troops. Rally the troops. And uh, that being said, let's get into uh, what you really come here for, not the uh, stories of my technical woes. (laughs) That sappy bullshit. Right. So let's talk some football. And uh, today we'll do week 13 recap. A quick one. Uh, Not so much recap as as much as uh, headlines. I wouldn't even say the recap's the quick part. I would say that the next week's preview is the thing because there isn't half the NFL on. On bye again. Again, it's week 14 and there's still bye weeks happening. It seems insane. Um, But yeah, so we'll we'll talk about the games that are being played this week. And then uh, Melancholy Fantasy Corner. It looks like neither of us is making the playoffs. I'm so pissed. (laughs) We'll get there. Uh, And even sadder still. Uh, there's not much to say about Team USA, the World Cup. Uh, but yeah, we'll get we'll get there as well. Let's talk football first before we get into the football. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting for some <laughs> kind of pity laugh. <laughs> I got you on the pity laughs. Don't worry. All right. A lot happened in week 13. A lot of injuries. A lot of starting quarterbacks went down uh, in mid-game. So just going to run through them really quick. Lamar Jackson had a knee injury, and then we'll go into each one in a little bit more detail. Lamar Jackson had a knee injury, turned out to be a PCL sprain. Uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo had some kind of foot issue. Originally, they said it was broken. Then they said it's not broken. Um, either way, it's, it's he's out for the rest of the year, essentially. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a leg injury, and Tua Tungavelloa also left that game injured. So, uh, not yeah. a good time of the season for quarterbacks to be. Yeah, I just want to point that mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So, just taking these one by one, Lamar Jackson is expected out one to three weeks with the with that PCL sprain. Uh, the Ravens actually won without him, ten to nine, a barn burner over the hapless Broncos. Yeah, 11, the 11 hapless points. is uh, a nice one. 11 points would have gotten them to win. Couldn't do it. Uh, The Ravens signed Brett Hundley, which confused me for a second because their current backup who who played this game is named Tyler Huntley. Right. Let's just, why does everyone have to have like the same name? But one of them is a former Packer, right? I think Brett Hundley was a Packers court backup at one time. I believe so. Two or three, just before they drafted Love, like a year or two before they drafted Love. So he joins the Ravens, uh, but it will be Huntley getting the start while Lamar is out. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, another team at the top of their division, like the Ravens, losing their starting quarterback. Uh, more severe for Jimmy G. Uh, they, they're saying seven to eight weeks, but I looked ahead at the calendar, and that would bring him back right around uh, championship weekend of the playoffs, if at all. So um, essentially season ender for him. The uh, 49ers did get a win in that game, even though Garoppolo went out really early. A rookie, 
the very last pick in the 2022 draft named Brock Purdy came in the game. Uh, he actually Don't threw do a couple it. touchdowns. And you know what? You know what, Don't man? I got to say, I got to say, he looked Don't, pretty good. No, no, no. <laughs> I, people, I try to stop that. <laughs> they also signed a veteran Josh Johnson. So we'll see who gets the start uh, moving forward without as Garoppolo. far as i know brock gets the nod uh, i mean yeah he he played well jokes well, aside and you can you have to look at the talent around it too like the run game that the 49ers and the yep. shanahan run offense runs makes it very easy for a very inexperienced quarterback to come in and make plays because it's not all on them to pass the ball right not to mention the Niners have arguably the top defense in the NFL. So you're actually walking into a very good situation. And a great offensive line. It's true. Uh, but in terms of the Niners, that's the second quarterback they've lost to injury this year. Remember what feels like five years ago when uh, we were all excited about what Trey Lance was going to do for this team? He's going to keep that bench warm. Oh, keeping the hospital bed warm. Just kidding. <laughs> That was a little dark. He's not in the hospital. He's fine. He's fine. Trevor Lawrence, what happened? <laughs> Trevor Lawrence uh, went out with a leg injury right before halftime. Looked pretty scary, but he actually came back in this game in the team's blowout loss to Detroit. Uh, so you would think based on that that it wasn't a very serious injury, but he didn't practice today, and Doug Peterson uh, wouldn't commit to him playing uh, in this weekend's game. So keep an eye on that one. Not that it matters. They are out of contention. <gasps> no. Well, not officially. I don't think anybody is mathematically, except for Houston, probably. And Chicago. Maybe. Um, and then in terms of Tua, with the ankle injury, he left late in the game that they were getting blown out by the 49ers. Uh, so he, he apparently could have come back in, but they didn't want to risk it with the game out of reach. He was having a rough time of it against that San Francisco defense with... Yeah, three turnovers by far his, I would say, his worst game of the season. But since he left the game early and didn't come back in, he's I think he's still undefeated in games that he started, start and finished this year. Not a bad record to have. I keep that going, yeah. Uh, and then Matt Stafford, this is not a new injury, but they were calling it a concussion for a while, but we got more detail on what's going on with him. And it's a spinal cord contusion, uh, which sounds... Kind of scary. And he's on, obviously, on injured reserve, not going to play again this year. Might not play again at all. If you believe some of the rumblings around uh, the Rams. I mean, look at the beating he took in Detroit and figure mm -hmm. out how that happened. Right. So he comes to L.A., finally gets his Super Bowl. The team around him is apparently crumbling as well. Might seem like a good time to hang it up. I don't know. Well, every week someone's going down. It seems like for the Rams, it's just it's it's yeah. a hot mess. Uh, but some new face in town for the Rams, Baker Mayfield, cut by the Panthers, has been signed by the Rams, and apparently he could start Thursday. They play on Thursday. I night. mean, the only benefit he gives is experience, right? I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that it's a veteran quarterback under center. Sure. That and if you if true. you truly believe that the if one team is going to run the table and potentially pull this off, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but at least 
get over 500 and make a wild card position, the Rams could pull it off. Oh, yeah. And well, I don't know about that. (laughs) But what I wonder is if they want to, if they are wondering, kind of planning for the future a little bit, just if Stafford does retire, they maybe they want to see, I don't know what more they think they can get out of Baker Mayfield than uh, the Panthers were able to. Uh, you or at the beginning of the season, you would have said it was a good, a better situation. But with Cooper Cup out, Allen Robinson out, the offensive line non-existent, I, I don't, I can't imagine him or anyone coming into that situation and looking good. But no, it's 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 a it's a write-off year. I mean, could they pull it off? It's a very long stretch, but the the team is just riddled, and they they yeah. have they have so many holes to try to figure out how to fill and how to fix that. You can almost argue that the remainder of the season is just a a sort of a rebuild, regroup, and try right. to figure out what to start for this offseason. Evaluation, yeah. Uh, the other thing that I saw, that someone dug up an old tweet. Uh, apparently, Sean McVay was a big fan of Baker Mayfield when he was uh, when he was a prospect when he was drafted. Uh, McVay was a fan. I mean, if you're going to work with a with a powerhouse offensive coach, I mean, obviously you'd want someone like Andy Reid, but I don't think Pat Mahomes is going anywhere. So McVay isn't a bad teacher. Yep. So we will see. I just for the pure chaos of it, I, I hope he gets the start sooner than later. Um, and then, all right. So that's it for the injuries. This is a topic that you sent me to discuss, and I think it's a good one. Uh, what um, there's some head coaching seats. Heating up as we reach the final few games of the season. We've only had one, unless I missed anyone, we've only had one head coach fired so far in season, and that was Matt Rule of the Panthers. Who could be next? Matt, want to take us through some of these names? I don't know. I didn't put them in any particular order, but but maybe you no, can help. but they're good. But this is a topic that I really was was interested in reading a lot of speculation about. Um, Starting with Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos. Now, this is very intriguing because it there's a lot more questions here than I think that's on the surface. And I think this is where you have to tune out the noise for the of the fans and say, is Hackett truly the problem? Was Russell Wilson a systematic quarterback that just Pete Carroll made look good? Um in Hackett's defense, he's noticed his flaws and he's kind of tried to make changes, right? He had time management issues. So what did he do? They hired somebody to help him manage the clock and sort of coach him on coaching. He gave up offensive play calling because what I think everyone has to remember is you can be a phenomenal coordinator, but that role from coordinator to head coach is such a big jump. You don't pay attention to so many things as a coordinator that you now have to be responsible for as a head coach. And it's a big leap. The only thing that's holding him back is I believe Hackett had a job in with the Raiders at one point, and it did not go well. <laughs> now, now you give him what everyone thought was a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, right? And is not. Um, but not I think just the quarterback, a Super Bowl caliber defense. That part is true, and he they just cannot match it with any kind of competent offense. Uh, but I think this this team, the the Broncos, the 2022 Broncos, do desire, deserve just a deeper look above the uh, above the coaching. I think coaching is part of it, but there's something bigger going on here. 
The next one kind of infuriates me because Lovey Smith. Yeah. I feel like he was put in an impossible situation. Our, our old friend Houston. from Chicago and Illinois uh, at the college level. But yes, go on. He he was put in what I feel like was an impossible situation um, in Houston and just kind of doing what he can to get by. Now, they do have a ton of draft capital. Um, they they are pretty stuck because they traded away pretty much any good piece that they had for <laughs> something. Yeah. So I think Lovey deserves at least another year or two to see what he can do with it, with a draft and a rebuild for a franchise. And to say that he's already done, given the parts and pieces he's had, I don't think it's fair. I'm not opposed to a firing a head coach their first year, but when you're given garbage to kind of piece together <laughs> and try to put something together. Right. That's not about as well as you can expect. That, that's the excuse that Hackett doesn't have, right? It's like they gave him like, here's a great roster. Here's in theory, a hall of fame quarterback, the missing piece. Uh, and it's all falling apart. And so I think there's justifiable anger and frustration there. But yeah, with Lovey Smith, it's like, what did you think was going to happen? The, the one thing I don't like that he did, recently was benching uh, Davis Mills. I, I, I don't understand that. He's a year two quarterback. And it's not like they had a rookie to, to try out. It was Kyle Allen, you know, like one of those veteran journeymen. Types. Well, this is where you have to argue too. I, 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 I go to this, I go to this um, analogy when Matt Nagy benched Mitch Trubisky for Nick Foles in Chicago, and they went on a losing streak. Sometimes the head coach is told what to do, despite the fact they should be allowed to coach the team. And if the GM or the owner comes in and tells you, you have to make a change, we may not understand it, but, you know, you also have to figure out when you're not winning, you have to, you have to make moves. So while I don't agree with the benching of Dave Mills, I kind of understand maybe what was going on in their minds. I mean, the worst thing you can do is try and see what happens. That's true. Now we know for sure that uh, this team is even worse with Kyle Allen than they are with uh, General Mills. Okay, the next one is not a head coach, but they've been in the spotlight recently after that disaster of a whatever day that game was on. The Patriots. Every one of them. <laughs> yeah, the, all the Patriots offensive coordinators. Remember in the offseason, I don't know if they ever – named one officially but it was it was going to be patricia and joe judge as co-offensive coordinators yeah that's worked out well yeah fire both of them uh because, because well, the patriots offense i mean been... am i just having a memory blank or didn't patricia coach the defense yeah i think he was originally a defensive or, i don't know yeah because didn't yeah i think he was defensive coordinator let Asshole, me look your call is very important to us <laughs> keep talking <laughs> All right, let's go. Wikipedia, coaching career, Patriots. So he actually joined the team as an offensive coaching assistant, but then he, uh, let's see, then offensive line coach, then linebacker. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator until yes. 2017 when then he became the Lions head coach, and then right. he came back. Yeah. So he was the DC, and then they put him in as the OC. And wondered why it's not working well. I mean, come on, Bill. <laughs> like, I get you may have it. And even if you're an offensive assistant coach, he he did way better as the defensive coordinator. 
but is it Belichick's son, the defensive coordinator now or something like that? Yeah, and I think Bill himself has a big, heavy hand in the defense as well. I think that's more his thing. So, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Just people were very upset after they only put up 10 points against. uh, Oh, I can't remember who they played, Uh, but it was bad. It was really bad. Mac Jones is screaming on the sideline about the play calling. Yeah. All right, next. This one's, I know this, this one is spicy. fun to talk about. This, this is a spicy one, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, uh, but I do understand. Brandon Staley of the, Char- the L.A. Chargers. Yep. It's the, it's, it's the bad decision-making is what it is. I feel like they have – remember how we used to make fun of them that they could never finish games, and we were wondering, was it Phil Rivers? And then they get somebody in, in, in you know, Mr. Herbert over here, and then they build a good team around him. And they're like scraping by, like they're clawing for wins that they shouldn't have. And on one or two occasions, I feel like either Justin or the defense had to pull Staley's rear out of the fire. Yeah. And pull off a win in what should have been a loss. Um, and then you have certain plays like, like the unreal we'll get into when we recap the Raiders Chargers game where it's like, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's. I feel like he's been most known for his aggression on fourth down plays, and that's been to his credit sometimes. But that's the kind of thing, and we say this every time. It's like when that goes, when that works, you look like a genius. When it fails, you just look like the dumbest person ever. And and he's gone for it on fourth down in some very questionable situations, like deep in his own half of the field. Uh, so that's and the, it's one and, thing if you're down, right? If you're yeah. down and it's like you're 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 desperately clawing there, and you're like, okay, well, I don't think it was the smartest thing. I can kind of see where this came from. You're right. down 17 points with five minutes to go. Like you're like, screw it. At right. This point, what difference is it going to make? Yeah. Yep. Um, but this team just—they've been so disappointing overall the last few years. They—it seems like they should be a playoff contender. And I, I know they've been decimated with injuries. That So you can look at that as an excuse this year. They haven't had a healthy receiving core pretty much all year. The offensive line, which was a big strength, has been super banged up. And they lost uh, some of their biggest defensive acquisitions have been hurt. Like J.C. Jackson played just a couple games before going on IR. So you can point to some of those excuses. But at the end of the day, he hasn't gotten the results that we've all kind of expected from a team with this much talent. And that's the only reason I haven't. That's the only reason I put his name on here. No, it's fair because he is being talked about. Yeah. And then the last one I put is not a not a firing, but uh, Sean McVay. There's already been speculation about him leaving to uh, for the broadcast booth. It's well known. Hear anything about that? Oh, you didn't. (laughs) This was even last off season. Basically, he has offers in place to to become a a broadcaster. (laughs) I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, it's funny because he's so young, right? I think he's even yeah. Four, he's right? won one Super Bowl, coached for as a head coach for what three years? He's probably only like like five years older than us at this point. <laughs> but just the fact that those rumors were already swirling, we just talked about Matt Stafford and speculation that he could uh, retire. If that happens, is is that a rebuild? You know, Aaron Donald was considering retirement last offseason. Now he's hurt again and on IR. Will he come back? 
I absolutely think that if those if you get a handful of these pieces retire that that LA goes into a rebuild for at least a couple of years. But they came in and they they did what so many teams, I think, have tried and very rarely pull off. Like when you say they are going all in this year, that is exactly what they did. And they accomplished what they set out to do last year. Right. And and no matter how poorly this season has gone, even if they're on the brink of a painful rebuild, I think the fans of this team would take that any day of the week because that's what you want. That's what you play for at the end of the day is a championship. And look at the Packers, our our favorite team, for example. They've been sustained period of a very good team for 20 years, but they only have two Super Bowls to show for it. Four straight AFC, NFC championship losses or whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he had, he achieved his goal, and you got to wonder if he would be ready to step away from it uh, when it if when all these guys said he he did this, accomplished this with are themselves stepping away from the game. And all this is made interesting by the fact that Sean Payton is is looming. He spent a year as a broadcaster himself. It sounds like he's going to be back on the some NFL sideline as a coach next year. So wouldn't be surprised for one of these teams to make a move to free up that head coach spot to, to bring in Peyton. I would argue that if anything, going to the chargers makes the most sense. I agree. There's a connection there, I think, or no, that was a Drew Brees was originally on the chargers. That's what I'm thinking of. But there you go. The, Come on, focus. <laughs> I, I agree with the, the premise. All right. Two more quick on, uh, bullet points here and then we'll get into our playoff sleepers and then uh, that's it that'll be it for the recap uh, the titans fired their gm the, the only reason i even care about this is the timing is sort of hilarious they got blown out by the eagles this week they trade away aj right. brown to philly who turn around and burns them horribly <laughs> yes yep yep so i don't know i don't know if it's related probably not you wouldn't fire a guy just from one decision like that back i mean i I don't even want to say backfiring because they got stuff in return but it certainly didn't isn't a good isn't a great look when the guy you traded away in his prime because he didn't want to pay him comes back and well that is exactly so what i what i discovered through my digging around was one of the major reasons he got fired was because he couldn't come to terms and get a deal on paper for AJ Brown. Mm. And on top of it, that person that everybody wanted him uh, cut to a long-term deal, turn around and came back and bit them hardcore. And it absolutely was the, you could have kept this guy and this is in turn what happens. Oh yeah. So maybe it was related, but uh, yeah, that was definitely a interesting decision during the draft uh, last year. And uh, yeah, he's out now. And last thing here, the Packers became the all-time winningest franchise. I hate that word so much. Uh, with their win it's over the Bears, it's just spelled so weird. It's it's really strange. It's funny because they were actually tied with the Bears for most franchise wins going into Sundays, going into Sunday. And the Packers got the win, so they are now the winningest. Small consolation prize, uh, the way this season has gone. Let's quickly talk about playoff sleepers. And Matt, I'll let you go first because your teams went 2-0. and oh. oh, such a good day. The Lions especially came out like slinging. And when you look at the stat lines, it's actually remarkable, incredible, remarkably incredible because not only did they almost, you know, 
have three times the amount of points on the board. They doubled the Jaguars in almost every category on paper. So, for instance, and you might want to sit down for this one. So, the Lions conjured up 31 first downs. 21 of those were through the pass. The Jaguars, meanwhile, only convert, can, only, were only able to gather 14 first downs, nine of them through the pass. Wow. So Good thing I was already sitting in a chair. Jacksonville only was uh, converted three out of 12 third down attempts, while the Lions were eight for 12. Uh, the, the Jags did convert three out of four fourth down uh, plays, but it clearly doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> the total yards was insane, 266 to 437. And to put that number in wow. an even crazier perspective, I'm on Ron St. Bowen for 11 receptions, 114 yards. Half of Jacksonville's total yards was put in by one Detroit <laughs> receiver. Yeah, that guy's a stud. Congrats to Kevin, I think, who has him in fantasy. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, I think one of the big killers was is that Jacksonville did fumble. Uh, I think uh, NTN had a fumble that was lost. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other big part was just finishing drives. So Jacksonville was one for two in red zone mm-hmm. offense. Uh, and Detroit went four for four. So everything fired on that day for Detroit. Um, and I truly think that they're now going to become a team that could really become a problem. Not that they're making it to the postseason, but if any team loses, it throws that entire bracket around. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, aren't they pulling up the standings right now? I believe they're five and seven. So they are firmly in the hunt still uh, for a playoff spot, which how fun would that be? I wouldn't look as stupid as I did the beginning of the year picking them. (laughs) Yep. But um, I'm just looking at the fact that the Saints. Oh, it's not time yet. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just looking at the fact that this team could definitely pose a problem. All they have to do is like beat one or two teams that have, you know, really good position and it can ruin somebody's day. Yeah. I mean, their offense is explosive. The other, the other side was the Raiders. Um, not something we said that beat the chargers, which I was actually surprised about. Yeah. Me too. Did not foresee that coming, but I guess, oh. thank you, Brandon Staley. <laughs> but I think, again, this is a team that they need to understand who they are. And again, it showed who they were because a bulk of the offense went through Josh Jacobs. But of course, who brings up the back end by just a touch more? Devontae Adams doing what we knew he could do, what he did in Green Bay, now doing it in um, Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. But against a really, like, I don't know where the Chargers defense is, because if you have 177 passing yards or receiving yards on eight passes, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. And then on 26 rushes going for 144, do you realize that 6.8 yards per attempt on the ground? That's just unbelievable. <laughs> Like that puts you on first down advantages amazingly well. Yeah. Um, 8.3 yards per pass for, for Derek Carr. Like it just looked good. Turnovers were a problem as he threw an interception, but 
all in all, like a gritty game and the, the stars, the stars did what they had to do. The Raiders defense looks a little bit better. The pieces on the offense are starting to click. They're, they're maintaining healthy. I mean, the Raiders team can be scary. I think they've won three in a row. If I'm correct, mistaken. this is their third win in a row. So, and then the chargers are taking a step back. You know, they couldn't protect Justin Herbert. It was just, it was just a rough day for them. But yeah, now all. the Raiders are only one game behind the chargers in the standings now. So, and now that it's a divisional game that the chargers lost that again, that always can come back right. to bite you later. Almost counts as two. So, well, both of your sleepers started the year slow, but are kind of coming around at this point. Uh, well, the Saints haven't looked good at all this year, but the, <laughs> I was waiting for something stupid. Be like, both make my, a Cardinals comment. Both of my, oh yeah, oh, I still need to watch Hard Knocks because that team. I mean, they've they've been also imploding all season long. They didn't wait for the second half like usual. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the Saints played the Buccaneers on Monday night. I didn't want to get my hopes up too much, but the Saints were leading the entire game. Um. I think the Bucks got on the board with a field goal on their first drive. The Buccaneers did not score again until there were only five minutes left in the game. Uh, but in that whole in that time, the Saints were only able to rack up 16 points due to settling for three field goals. And this is something that they always say about great quarterbacks, uh, you know, like a Mahomes type. And Brady, not so much this year. He's been pretty bad, but it held through in this game is you can't settle for three against the game's best quarterbacks because they will come back to get you. And uh, yeah, like I said, the Bucks had only three points through three and a half quarters before they launched two touchdown drives and the went into hurry up offense for the final five minutes of the game. Just shredded the Saints at that point. And once they went into hurry up mode, no huddle offense, it was like a completely different game for them. They looked so much sharper. Brady looked better. Uh, receivers started catching the balls and <clears throat> they went on two long touchdown drives on their final two possessions of the game to score the game winning touchdown and go up 17, 16 on basically the final play of the game, just left three seconds on the clock and, and that um, sealed the Buccaneers win. And so the saints now are four and nine, their last place in the travesty of a division that is the NFC South. I do have to say that I do not like some of the passes that uh, Andy Dalton was making. And it's not because I like the guy, but did you see the play where he threw the ball to Taysom Hill and put him right in the path of an unblocked, like free rush defender. Yep. And he got crushed. Yeah. Which forced the fumble. And I saw that and I go, dude, you cannot put your receiver in that wide open of a full speed hit. That is true. That's something you you always see quarterbacks throwing balls that, you know, to take receivers out of the paths of defenders, or at least good quarterbacks, that's what they do. Or, or maybe he just feels the same way about Taysom as I do. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, he's out. Man, I guess my position is completely solid now. <laughs> yeah, because apparently Jameis has no chance of getting into that starting job again for whatever reason. Uh, the Dolphins played the 49ers. This was I was really excited to watch this game. A lot of good storylines going in with 
Um, Mike McDaniel, Dolphins coach, going back to San Francisco, where he was, the I think, the offensive coordinator for all those years under Kyle Shanahan. A bunch of players on the Dolphins are ex-Niners, including um, both, both of their starting running backs, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. But um, And the game started for Miami about as well as it possibly could with Tua Tagovailoa hooking up with Trent Sherfield for a 75-yard touchdown. But that would end up being most of their points for the game. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Tua, had he threw two picks, lost a fumble, got hurt, and they, he ended up racking up a decent yardage total, but they they really struggled to uh, uh, to move the ball into scoring position and only put up 17 points on the board. That's not going to get it done against the likes of uh, Brock Purdy, who uh, led the Niners to a 33 points and a comfortable victory. I do have to say... I have enjoyed all of the memes, though, surrounding the fact that everyone says that Mike McDaniels is somebody who was playing Madden one weekend and then handed a clipboard and told to go coach a football team. Because <laughs> I send you those clips all the time that I find, and they are hysterical. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I don't know if I sent you the one, or but I if I not, I will. But basically, he talks to, I think it was Gasecki or something. He's like, hey... You know that I really like that thing you did where uh where he hit you and then like you didn't go down and the the player looks at him you mean I broke a tackle and he's like yeah <laughs> and then he just stares back down at his clipboard like nothing happened <laughs> and it's just like these moments you can't make these up they're just glorious right right the one with Tua where they're talking about what what play he liked and he's like oh i like the one which one do you like do you like the one with uh and they're just weird making hand gestures and <laughs> you know the one where you go this one I right <laughs> yeah interesting stuff um dolphins fall to eight and four with that loss but and i think second place in the division now behind the bills but still firmly in the, in the mix for the playoffs uh, if the season ended today Let's skip the rest of this garbage, take a quick break, come back with a week 14 preview. And we are back to a football podcast, breaking down every week 14 matchup, uh, ranked as always by Mike's Watchability Index. Matt, we're finally there, the last week of buys, the Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders get the week off leaving us with a limited slate of games. Uh, but there's a couple of good ones on here. Top of my list is Dolphins at Chargers, the Sunday night game. Dolphins are 8-4, and four, Chargers are 6-6. Six and six. Both these teams coming off a loss. The Chargers, sounds like they should actually get Mike Williams back, so they will have, Herbert will have his healthiest receiving core of the season, for the most part, since week one, probably. There you go, sorry, you can finally play him. <laughs> I can't talk smack. He's in first place. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, most recently uh, I was his latest victim. Um, yeah, Tua will be back for Miami. The Chargers, even if they get some stuff figured out on offense, their defense has been just putrid. I'm taking Miami. I'm taking the Chargers on this one. I think they can bounce back, and uh, unfortunately, I think Brandon Staley uh, secures his position a little bit longer than I think we like. Hmm. 
Don't you hurt me. I've, <laughs> I beat the <laughs> shit out of you. I've nothing against Brandon Staley. I don't want him to get fired. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, the Eagles at Giants. I got number two. Eagles 11 and one. Giants coming off the, their tie with Washington. They're seven and four and one. Um, but they they have it's not three straight losses uh, since they tied, but it's, it's three straight games that they did not win. I think. <laughs> so they are, uh, you know, spiraling a little bit. I'm going to take the Eagles. Yeah, they're elite. Eagles are 11 and one. You can't really argue against them right now. They are potentially legit. Yep. Um, next up, I've got the seven and five Jets traveling to take on the nine and three Bills divisional game in the AFC East. Jets surprisingly good, and Mike White should get the start here again. A little bit of bad news for the Bills is that their edge rusher they acquired in the offseason, Von Miller, had ACL repair surgery, and he is done for the season. So another blow to their defense that has also been pretty banged up. All that being said, though, can't go against uh, what Josh Allen has been doing. So I'm taking the Bills. Absolutely. Hands down, the Bills over the Jets. How great would it be for the legend of Mike White, though, if, if he could somehow win this game? Jeez, I mean, go down in history. The Vikings are 10-2, and two, travel to Detroit, take on the 5-7 and seven Lions. And the Lions, I was a little bit surprised to see that they're actually favored by Vegas in this game. And I get they've been playing well lately. I think they're on a... Or no, they're not on a win streak because they lost on Thanksgiving. But they've been playing really well. They almost beat the Bills that day. And they've been looking more legit than not, especially at home, where this game is being played. Uh, all I, that being said, though. Oh, I think, oh, would you pick? No, I didn't say it yet. Go ahead. I want to hear your analysis. I think this is where we see the first of teams get their seasons ruined, at least their positioning ruined. Does that mean you're taking Detroit? I am. All right. I am taking Minnesota, ironically, the team that I've been talking about how much I don't believe in them all year. I told you they were taking the division. <laughs> and yet you're picking the Lions here? <laughs> I think the Vikings... You can lose actually... a game and win the division. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if they lose this game, then they're only four games up on the Lions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only four games. Not a Four games to go. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Vikings. I think they could actually clinch the division with a win. And I believe, so, well, I think, wasn't it last week they could have been a, the first team to clinch a playoff spot? With, like, so, know, yeah. a set of circumstances yes. that happened that yeah. didn't. Right, right. They did their part beating whoever they beat. Yeah, that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they suck. Bucks uh, <laughs> <Bucks, laughs> and 49ers I've got next. The Buccaneers, <clears throat> Buccaneers climbed to 6-6 six and six with that Monday night win. Uh, 49ers are 8-4. and four. Big question. Maybe it's not that big a question. Maybe it doesn't even matter that much. But who will play quarterback for the 49ers? It's either Brock Purdy or Josh Johnson, the veteran, as we discussed. I mean, Purdy played well enough that I don't know. I don't see a reason to go away from him unless there's a clearly superior option, which I don't think Josh Johnson is. So you're thinking BP over JJ? 
I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. I hate you. <laughs> I'm taking uh, the Buccaneers, actually, to win this one. I have the Niners as the 68% of the votes. Okay. You guys I are mean, all come wrong. Come on, the Bucks barely beat the Saints. I know, I know, but... Yeah, I know. This is probably a terrible pick. <laughs> but I'm sticking with it. Uh, Patriots, 6-6 six and six at the Cardinals, who are 4-8 and eight on Monday Night Football. That's another head coach we didn't bring into the hot seat. Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> the only, I feel like the only reason, and, and maybe this isn't even a valid reason, but the only reason he's not been, been talked about so much is he's fresh on a new contract coming into this year. Which was highly. And I feel like uh, at the time, Murray has uh, taken a little bit more of the uh, attention. <laughs> yeah, the whole playbook thing. Well, speaking of Murray, this will be only I think the second game all year that he has both his top receiver targets uh, to throw to in the same game, and DeAndre Hopkins, who served a suspension the first six weeks, and Hollywood Brown, who has been injured the last you know, five or six weeks. So boost, a potential boost for the offense. Uh, in terms of the Patriots offense, though, has been. What offense? An issue. Yeah, what offense exactly, as we discussed. So I'm actually taking the Cardinals to win this one. I am as well. I was a little bit surprised we uh, signed it on that one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we, for whatever reason, we rarely agree. Well, we probably agree on this one, though. The 5-7 and seven Browns travel to Cincinnati, take on their division rival, the 8-4 and four Bengals. The, uh, Browns, the Browns are going to wipe the floor with Cincy. <laughs> I mean, the Browns are coming off a win. They, their first game with Deshaun Watson, even though he did nothing in that game. They scored, the Browns scored three defensive or special teams touchdowns last week against Houston. Um, I'm still not saying much. I mean, it says a lot about Houston. Yeah, not much about not much about the Browns' offense for sure. <laughs> I think they'll have a lot more work to do in this game, though, contending with the the high flying Bengals' offense at full strength again with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking the Bengals. Absolutely. Ravens at Steelers, eight and four Ravens. Steelers are five and seven. This is another big. Division. This is a game that got interesting, to be honest. Once I Lamar certainly went down, looks it a little, made this game a little bit more interesting. Yeah, definitely more competitive. Although this has the the looks now of another Jets Bills. No, Jets Bills. I'm excited about that because they're going to be points. They're going to be points scored. All right, Jets. fine. I'll do you one better. You put the Eagles Giants higher. The Giants have been competitive. I think that should be a good game. This is going to be. At least more watchable. Okay. This is where the philosophy of the watchability index uh, could be flawed. All right. Listen here, folks. He's breaking it down. Get your notepads out. I think this is going to be a a competitive, low-scoring, defensive, you know, classic AFC North game that's going to finish 13 to 12 or something like that. If somebody isn't beating somebody with a helmet, I don't care. (laughs) uh, No, Miles Garrett is in the other game we just talked about. But... um, yeah, so if, if you're into that kind of game, which which can be fun, then sure, this should be ranked higher. I think Jets Bills will have a lot more points scored and be more fun to watch. And also, God, if the Bills blow the Jets out 40 to 3, I'm going to drive down there. And you know what? You. 
Fair enough. Mike White, don't let me down. <laughs> so who are you taking, given the Ravens are going to have um, either Hundley or Huntley, whose name I... I have the Steelers for this one. I have the Ravens. Interesting. Yeah. The Ravens trying to hang on to the top spot in the division. If if they lose and Cincinnati wins, then uh, they will flip in the standings. Raiders at Rams I've got next. That's the Thursday night game. We'll see who's at quarterback for the Rams. Uh, doesn't even matter. I'm, I'm taking the Raiders comfortably, which feels yeah, weird. Yeah, I got the Raiders on this one, too. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs nine and three at the three and nine Broncos. We don't need to say anything about this game. It's the Chiefs. It's going to be amazingly competitive. It's going to be sparks flying. Russell Wilson is going to throw for a million yards. It's going to be crazy. Come on, the Broncos defense is actually really good. He's only going to throw for like nine hundred thousand yards. <laughs> I was going to say ten feet, but okay. <laughs> That's still more than uh, Russell Wilson is going to do. So. Chiefs by a mile. They're, yeah. Panthers at Seahawks. Uh, this is another interesting piece of fallout from the Jimmy G injury is that the Seahawks are only a game behind them. So they're, they've probably got the top of the division in their sights at this point. Who would have thought that preseason? But they're seven and five hosting the four and eight Panthers. I am taking Seattle. I have Seattle as well. Four and eight Jaguars at the seven and five Titans. Uh, like I said before, Trevor Lawrence not practicing today, Wednesday. We'll see how he, what he's able to do the rest of the week. Either way, I'm taking Tennessee. The Titans are back. And then the final game of the week. One in ten and one Texans travel across the state to take on the Dallas Cowboys, who are nine and three. Um. Hottest are, game of the week, and you put it at the bottom of the pack. You're so to you. stupid. Uh, Lovey Smith is going back to Davis Mills for this one. He's had some time on the bench to think about things, and he's back. So I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think I got to give my opinion on this no. one. <laughs> All right. One more quick break, and we're back for the Fantasy Corner. Now. Let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. Uh, speaking of during our break, I just realized a very massive flaw in my game plan here. Uh-oh. What? I only have one quarterback this week. <gasps> oh, this is oh, the trade deadline is passed. <laughs> this is problematic. Damn you, <laughs> commanders. Oh, boy. All right, settle it. It's going to be a rough week for Matt. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, with Russell Wilson as my QB2, I might as well only have one quarterback. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. Well, I would have been very excited if we had gotten together last week because I did end up beating you head-to-head in Week 12, thanks to Matt Ryan. Uh, Barely. Stupidly enough. And then another close loss for me this week because of freaking Tony Pollard. And that I one, was in at a 30-point lead. <laughs> I agree with you, because if, if if his two touchdowns had gone to Zeke, then then I would have beaten Sorio. But uh, 
Yeah, we both lost. And now, looking at the standings, it is not looking good. Why is our league so competitive? We've got two nine and four teams, one eight and five team, one, two, three, four, seven and six teams, and then me at six and seven. You're at five and eight, mathematically eliminated. I need a win again. I need a win, and I need help. I need some of the other seven. You need to just you know. Uh, do you have your timestamp ready? <laughs> well, it's gonna be all messed up anyway because we got split into two recordings. You just need to go f- off is what you need to do. <laughs> okay. 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 I don't have another recorder pack. This is not good. I know, and there are approximately zero on the waiver wire. <laughs> you know what the top available players are? Are you ready for this? This is stupid. I'm looking at it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. More for Arizona. Hinton for Denver. That's not happening. Hey, he played quarterback for a game last year, didn't he? Or two years ago? <laughs> and then Terrence Marshall. I feel like Marshall is the safest bet of those people. But then again, they're playing Seattle. Oh, look, Matt Stafford's available. Oh, you better grab him. <laughs> Should I screw with the entire league and grab Matt Stafford and throw him immediately on my IR thinking he's coming back? <laughs> could end up being a genius move. You know what you could do? Pick up pick up a backup quarterback and start him just in case. Like, look at the starters and who's most likely to get injured. <laughs> who's uh, the Jaguars' backup? Because we don't know about Trevor Lawrence. I don't hear that. I'm scrolling on the list right now. Uh, I'm going to draft Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Why is he in here? That's funny. Oh, what about what if I get ripping? CJ Bethard is the guy you want. <laughs> He's the Jags backup. No, I'm going to get Brett Rippin. <laughs> we ripping something. Yeah, that's about it for the fantasy corner. It is... Not looking good for us. You know how I think you jinxed it when you said that a couple weeks ago that one of us has always made the playoffs. <laughs> Why did you have to say that? Because if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> Let's see, and I'm against Jeremy, who is in second place and has well, he doesn't have Lamar this week. But he still has Mahomes. I'm not against, like, the Arcane worst Jones. person possible right now, but I'm definitely not confident in anything now that I realize my tragic flaws and everything I've done forever. Oh, you're against you're against my wife. Yeah. I'll make sure she sets her lineup this week. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do. Draft Mike Boone. Yeah, he might be back. My biggest decision this week is do I go with Russell Wilson against the Chiefs in a game where they're probably going to be down big and he's going to be throwing a lot. I don't even know if that's a good thing (laughs) because he won't have Cortland Sutton, who's probably out with a hamstring. Or I could go with Mike White, but he's against the Bills in Buffalo, which is a tough matchup. But he's thrown for a lot of yards in his two starts, and the Bills, or the Jets, rather, have a lot of offensive weapons. So that's what I'll be pondering for the next few days. I just I quit. I gave it I gave it a good effort this season. I had a good run the past couple of years. I had to go back to sucking eventually. You did, you did. Hey, and, and you still got five wins and counting. Maybe maybe I'll see you in the constellation bracket. <laughs> mm. And uh, yeah, so Barrios. 
fantasy corner got pretty depressing today. <laughs> your fault. All right, we're going to drop this player. This is live. This is happening live. That player's getting dropped. Oh, I'm going to go pick him up. Who is it? Uh, Sammy Watkins. Ah, nah, no thanks. The Pack- <laughs> Packers need to drop him, too. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention Kristen Watson is amazing. For the Packers, the rookie receiver. Dead. What are the odds Rodgers returns next year? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like if they end the year on a positive note, the odds are better. You know, if he can build some chemistry with these rookies. If the team fires, uh, who's their DC? Joe Barry. Oh, my God. Did you love the comment I made? I was so proud of that. Yeah, say it again for the for the listeners. So Mike at, w- taunted me with the idea that he had tickets to go to the game. And as much as I love football <laughs> and sports and Mike, I was not about to sit in the bitter Chicago wind and put up with it. Well, then, of course, you know, Justin Fields scrambles for a million rushing yards and 75,000 touchdowns because, you know, God forbid you can stop the rush. Mike made the the joke that we could we could have been there to make a fire Joe Barry chant. And I decided to one up that and saying, no, I would have just ran down and stormed the bench because he can't stop the rush anyway. (laughs) Yep, very well done. I enjoyed that joke. That seems like a good note to end the show on. Uh, Team USA lost at the World Cup. They actually made it out of the group stage with a the win over Iran in the third match day. And they got out of the group stage. They tied. They drew with England 0-0, which was actually more impressive than that scoreline sounds. But, uh, yeah, they lost 3-1 to the Netherlands and never really had a chance. Damn Netherlands. And that, Why did you have to have Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Wasn't that New Zealand? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> it's okay. Close enough. <laughs> Actually, it's not close at all. But no. <laughs> they both sound like fantasy realms. <laughs> so I'll give you that. And that will do it for this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think that'll be a good time to take a look at the playoff picture at that point. Uh, the NFL playoff picture. We don't. We're not gonna. We're canceling the fantasy corner. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Just kidding. We'll see. Good luck to me. Right? Are we all on no. Team Mike this week? I, I am absolutely not. <laughs> never have right. been. Never will be. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'm that type of bitter person. I'm sure the rest of 2M Nation is with me. So so keep my fantasy team in your hearts and prayers this week. For everyone who's on my side, I'll give you a quarter. And we will be back next week, hopefully, to recap it all. Talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.